Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Welcome to Light the Lamp. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. This is episode six. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. A lot to get to today. So, of course, let's start with where the Ducks are at in the preseason. The team played game three of the preseason on Wednesday night at Honda Center. And it was my first home preseason game, my first time experiencing Ducks hockey in Honda Center. And I have to tell you, it was so great to see all of the fans come out to the building for the game. And of course, we had the Mighty Ducks Game Changers exclusive screening beforehand. My first experience also with a red carpet event while being in Southern California. I just loved everything about it, and I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to host that. Now, as far as what we saw out on the ice, well, the Ducks pulled out their second win of the preseason. This one, a 3-1 to win over the Arizona Coyotes. And it took a little bit for the team to get warmed up early, but they got into the swing of it, netting the first goal of the game. I really liked the way that we were possessing the puck in the zone. We had a lot of great passing, and we saw that with each of the goals that were scored in the game. One of those goals coming from Ryan Strom, who had a two-point night, a goal and an assist. It was his first game in a Ducks uniform. Also, Frank Vetrano's first game in a Ducks uniform to the newly acquired members of our team this year. Vetrano having an assist on Strom's goal. Now, this game got interesting. Tempers were high due in part to an open ice hit from Jan Yannick on Trevor Zegras in the second period. Z would go out of the game. It was not pretty, especially seeing that so early in the preseason. You just don't do that. It wasn't a good look. And we're hoping that Z is okay, still waiting to hear his results. Now, what I did like was Adam Henrique stepping up in Z's defense, going and fighting Yen Yik. This was really crucial. We've been wondering who's going to take over that role of the fighter and the guy that's going to step up and prove to other teams that we're not someone to be messed with. Henrique doing just that. And someone that normally wouldn't necessarily do that, but good to send the message of don't mess with the Anaheim Ducks. Like I mentioned, the game getting very chippy after that. A whole lot of penalties, 106 minutes of penalties throughout this entire game. But one positive that I really liked in this game as well was Lucas Dostal in net. He played a fantastic night for the Ducks and looked very poised. Dallas Aikens commenting after the game on how calm and confident he was. He stopped 28 of 29 shots, and that was his second win in the preseason. It's great to see that kind of play out of a young goaltender, especially this early in the preseason, playing at that NHL level right now. And I have to send a congratulations to John Klingberg, who welcomed his second child on a Wednesday night. He left the game midway through it and made it just in time with 20 minutes to spare to the hospital for the birth of his baby girl, Ida Viola Klingberg. Congratulations, John. Now, with Ryan Strom playing a big part in this preseason game, I thought it was only fitting to share my interview with him as we sat down together last week at his first training camp as a part of the Anaheim Ducks. Now, off the ice, Strom has a pretty interesting hobby that I loved to learn about. So, listen now in this next segment. You're listening to Duck Stream from Great Park Ice. Alexis Downey now joined by one of the newest members of the Ducks, Ryan Strom. Ryan, how does it feel to be here in Anaheim? It's exciting. It's uh, definitely a little bit of a change. Um, you know, I've been in New York for 
uh, whether it was the Islanders or Rangers for eight of the last nine years, basically my life. So a um, little bit of a change, but uh, super excited. The, uh, the group of guys is amazing and, um, you know, kind of settled in lifestyle wise and uh, really excited to get things going. Have you gotten to go around Orange County and see all of the different areas? We've been trying to. Um, I've got uh, two young kids, so it's not uh, the easiest thing to drag them around everywhere. But I feel like we started to tick off some spots. We've been down to the beach a few times and went to Fashion Island the other day. So we've checked out a few nice places, and um, it's such a beautiful place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this rink, too, is uh, spectacular. So you're a girl dad. I am. And what is that like? It's a lot. Um, <laughs> they're uh, two and a half and one. So uh, the girls are, uh, you know, full-time job when I'm at home. So... Uh, it's good though. It's nice. I think having kids sometimes uh, puts things into perspective when you get home from the rink and uh, really humbles you and um, definitely makes you go to bed a little bit earlier, which is probably good for the hockey. And uh, uh, I'm excited to come to the rink every day. That's for sure. I think uh, when you're home all day with the kids and stuff, uh, coming to the rink is, uh, you know, it's never a burden, but I think you get a little more excited as a dad to uh, see your buddies and get out there. And um, yeah, it's, it's great though. I have uh, no complaints being a dad. That's for sure. How much are you looking forward to seeing them come to the rink this season? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. My uh, my two and a half year old came a little bit last year, but it, it was pretty far in New York from uh, from where we live, so it wasn't the most ideal situation. And in New York City is obviously a little bit chaotic, so it's going to be great here. We're a little bit closer to the rink now, and she can come to more of the games. And she loves uh, she loves getting out, and she had a great time. She. Uh, she loves the hockey jerseys and stuff and the oh. hats, so she's looking forward to it. So uh, I don't know if she knows exactly what's going on, but uh, <laughs> she loves being at the rink and going on the glass and warm-ups and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, you know, those are moments in your life that, uh, you know, I feel like I never thought would happen. And then all of a sudden you have your kids watching you play hockey. It's pretty special. Future hockey players? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, you know, the California life might, uh, you know, transition things more to golf and tennis, I'm hoping, and soccer. But uh, we'll see. Whatever they want to do in life is, I know it's a cliche answer, but it's uh, it's true. What hobbies do you have that you're interested on the side too? Um, mostly is golf. Um, that's kind of what I do in the off season a lot. Um, I've actually uh, started trying to learn a little bit of woodworking. Oh, uh, okay. I bought a couple. Uh, well, my dad bought me some tools, and I've added to the collection a little bit. So I'm trying to... Uh, trying to build some stuff very slowly and uh, learn a new skill. It's not the easiest thing, but uh, my wife makes fun of me because she thinks she thinks I suck at it. But <laughs> I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm trying to get better. And, um, you know, just something to do to kind of kill the time and, um, you know, challenge myself to learn something new. What are you making? Well, I, I made two shelves the other day, which is kind there of my, new, my, uh, my first thing. But uh, we well, at our house, we don't have a garage. We just have like a shed and a side yard. So uh, I need to find somewhere to park all the strollers and the bikes we have. So uh, that might be my next project, maybe like a little shed or something. Now, did your dad, does your dad woodwork too? Is that how you got into it? My or? dad's a, he's an electrician, but okay. uh, he was just, when he came down to, uh, he actually drove my car from Toronto uh, wow. down here this year with my dog. So the dog didn't have to come on the plane. And uh, so when he came down here, he wanted to, uh, you know, help me out getting set up in a new home and everything and bought some, bought some tools and then. The next thing you know, we were at the Home Depot buying some wood and we built it together. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, I'm on my way. I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos to try to learn, but uh, it's definitely a very slow process and I'm, uh, I'm not great by any means, but it's something I'm trying to, you know, challenge myself with. I'm excited to see what you're going to be able to make though in the future. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> want to get too far ahead of myself. I, uh, I tend to get these ideas in my head and I think I'm going to, you know, be building like <laughs> something huge, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's a, like I said, it's a slow process, but it's, it's just a little bit therapeutic, I find, honestly. Ducks fans, look out for that. Woodworking <laughs> with Ryan Stroh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
So since you've been here in Orange County, uh, what has been something that you've really enjoyed about the area too so far? To be honest with you, just being outside. I think mm -hmm. um, the area we live in is really nice. The the street is amazing. It's a little bit of a, it's like a cul-de-sac. So it's like a court or whatever. And um, so our kids can run around in the front yard or the backyard. You don't really have to worry about traffic. And uh, we've been outside with the kids like all day, basically when I get home from the rink. So it's super nice, I think. Anytime you get this consistent weather and uh, you can just live a healthy lifestyle and um, there's so many great healthy restaurants too, which we love. And um, I just feel like it, it just, it's a good, it's a good vibe being outside all the time and uh, keeping your doors open, your windows open. And um, especially with young kids, it, uh, it's super fun. So that's probably been my favorite thing so far. The kids love the beach, but um, as many parents know, it's a bit of a hassle getting two <laughs> kids under three years old at the beach and back. So uh, we try to limit their exposure to the beach because they, uh, they would never leave if, uh, if we took them every day. Smart. Yeah. So you were very involved in the community back in New York. How do you hope to get involved in the community out here? Uh, any way possible. Um, yeah, I, I love doing that stuff. I think um, any chance you can give to give back, I think is very important. And um, yeah, I've missed a few of the community events so far already, but it's just because I've been moving into my house, so I feel bad. But I think it's important to go out and connect with people so they can put a face to the name and kind of uh, see the person under the equipment a little bit. And and we're in a position that we're able to, you know, support some of these um, initiatives that the team does. And um, that's a great thing about, um, you know, being a hockey player is being able to give back and everyone's super generous with their time. And uh, I'm no different than anyone else. I think we just, uh, you know, we got that in our bones to kind of, you know, give back and uh, whatever way it may be, it may be bigger, maybe small, but I think it goes a long way in affecting people's lives. And, um, you know, in our position, that's uh, really an important thing in my opinion. So heading into the season, what's something that fans should know about you? Uh, I think I just like to, uh, I'm, I think I like to uh, characterize myself as a winner. Um, I think I just try to do whatever the team needs on that day to get the job done. Um, you know, it's not always going to be scoring goals. It might be, uh, you know, killing penalties or whatever. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think I'm a good teammate. I'm a good team guy. And I think I have the, you know, the right mindset that it takes to win hockey games. And, um, you know, we seem to have a lot of those guys around here, which is a good sign. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting year. And I'm just looking to come in and try to contribute to what they've got building here. Obviously, um, the last year was a little bit of an upswing and I think um, some reason for some optimism. And rightfully so, I think it's going to be an exciting year. And uh, hopefully we can uh, surprise a few people. Well, have fun with training camp. Welcome to California. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. I'm hoping Strom can show me something later in the season from his woodworking that he's made. Now, as we move through the preseason, we're already at the halfway point with the Ducks, and the team has already made some moves this week. The Ducks assigned four guys on Wednesday and five players on Thursday to their CHL clubs, Canadian Juniors League. If you're wondering what CHL stands for, the Canadian Hockey League. The roster is dwindling down as we're getting closer to the start of the season. As the team looks ahead to preseason game four tonight at Honda Center, we're going to be welcoming the San Jose Sharks to town. This will be a split squad game for the Sharks as the other half of their team will be heading to Vegas. Now, earlier this week, we lost to the Sharks on Tuesday night, five to four, getting down early in the game and just not finding enough to get the win but the Sharks have won each of their three preseason games so far between the Kings and the Ducks. So tonight will be a good test for the Ducks. Now, as we get closer to the season in the next two weeks leading up to it, I'm going to dive into the teams in the Pacific division that the Ducks will be battling with this season and how fitting for the first one 
to be, of course, the San Jose Sharks, who are in town. San Jose finished sixth in the Pacific Division last season with 77 points. However, Anaheim's record against them last season was 3-1 and one in the four meetings that they had, the Ducks getting three of those wins. But the Sharks have a new head coach this season as well as a new general manager. New head coach being David Quinn, who was named the head coach back on July 26th. And the new general manager being Mike Greer, who was named GM in earlier July. Most recently, David Quinn was the coach of Team USA at the Olympics and World Championship this year. He previously was also the coach of the New York Rangers for three seasons, having a big part in developing some of the young guys over there, specifically Adam Fox. Now, the Sharks haven't made the playoffs the last three seasons after reaching the Western Conference Finals in 2019, still looking to get back there. But to talk more on the team, I'm joined in this next segment by Sharks Audio Network play-by-play broadcaster Dan Rusinowski to break down the team further. Joining me now on Light the Lamp is Sharks Audio Network play-by-play broadcaster Dan Rusinowski. Dan, thank you for joining me today on DuckStream. Alexis, always great to be with you. Congratulations on coming to the world of of internet broadcasting. We've been doing it here for a couple of years, 24 hours a day, and we're excited that another team in the Pacific Division has joined us in L.A. Yeah, awesome to have it. And I know that you wear a lot of different hats over there as a part of the Sharks organization. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> I've been here since day one, since uh, 1991, April uh, the, October the 4th, when uh, the Sharks played in Vancouver, and the only recording of a local broadcast is the radio one because it wasn't televised back to the Bay Area. So I've been around a long time. Well, let's take a look at how the Sharks have done in the preseason. Coming into the into the game tonight, 3-0, and what have you liked through these past few games? What I've liked is the approach that they've taken to try to play with pace, to play with passion, and uh, uh, to play with um, purpose. And I think they've done all of those things very, very well for their new coach, David Quinn. They're buying into his system. Obviously, it's only preseason, as we all know. But uh, the Sharks were looking to get uh, things off to a very good foot. Remember that we're going to fly after the game in Anaheim and in Vegas, split squad games tonight. We fly back to the Bay Area, and the next day we get to fly all the way to Europe. So um, it's going to be very interesting in terms of the travel, getting the right sleep and everything else that's necessary Um, but we'll get through that. There hasn't been a lot of time to have any real practices with your full team, but David Quinn is making do with what he's got so far. And how have you seen him in his coaching style sort of shaping with this organization so far in the the short amount of time that David Quinn has been there? He's uh, very forthright. He's communicative with the players. There's absolutely no question as to what is expected of each of them, and I think that that's a great thing. And beyond that, he's somebody that, that, that's been around and had some success in first working with some vets, but also in developing some young kids. You may remember back in New York, he helped uh, Adam Fox build his game into what turned out to be an, a Norris Trophy season after uh, David left. So, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for some of that. And everybody's looking forward to what he's going to do with the young players here. Not only a new head coach, but also a new general manager this season in Mike Greer. Uh, who was named the general manager back in July, first-time GM. Uh, What has his impact been like on the organization so far? 
Well, he's a great leader, and we always knew that from his days when he played for the Sharks. So he brought a sense of continuity organizationally, given the fact that he knew, you know, uh, how to get to the rink and exactly where the best place to get an espresso or a pizza in the Bay Area is. But but beyond that, he he knows a lot of the history and what's expected here. And, and he also knows that the Sharks have had a, a long history of great success uh, that in the last couple of years has gotten to where it ultimately does get to. Eventually, you have to replenish the cupboard, and it's tough to do that when you're, you know, when you're drafting a little bit lower than most of the rest of the league. So what he's done, though, is he's he's brought uh, a sense of confidence and preparation and detail uh, to uh, the job, which certainly was something that a new general manager was going to want. And he also has brought 11 new players to the organization since the 5th of July. So he's wasted no time in getting the kind of guys that he wants. And I'm noticing there there are a lot of Mike Greer types out there, hardworking guys that are difficult to play against and are very big in the big game. So those are things that uh, that is necessary here for the Sharks to get back to the playoffs. And from the end of last year to now this season, I mean, besides the obvious and the new staff changes, why is this team different? Well, it it is different in the sense that there's no Brent Burns here. So a very large uh, face and voice inside that locker room is no longer here. And uh, that means that there's more, uh, I guess you could say, expectation, not that there wasn't any before, on Eric Carlson to have an injury-free campaign. And he's approaching uh, this training camp with uh, with great uh, vigor and energy. And I think that he sees the opportunity that he's got to sort of put more of his stamp on the club than perhaps he's been able to do before. Um, but uh, the other part of it is, is that you see these guys that are coming in here. Um, that have NHL experience and all are very solid players. People like on defense, Marcus Nudevara, Matt Benning. These are two guys that have um, a number of years of experience in the league. We're waiting to see how healthy Nudevara is going to be for the season. He looked pretty good in the preseason game that he played. And Benning has just been really solid. So um, these are guys that provide depth. Um, so the organization is able to integrate some of the young talent that they have, which is pretty substantial. But the difference is that they won't be forced into action before they're really ready. And I think that that's something that is going to reverberate through the organization. You'll see the San Jose Barracuda being a, a better hockey club than they were last year, have more depth and have more results. And I think that, that, that that's going to spell good things for the team for this year and really for years to come. Is there someone during training camp, one of those prospects uh, that stood out to you specifically that you're excited to see his development? Well, the two that that everybody's looking at uh, include uh, William Eklund, who was the seventh overall pick a couple of years ago, and also Thomas Bordalo, a second round pick, uh, picked in the 30s by the Sharks. These are guys that that have a tremendous amount of skill, and again, they're they're going to be in a situation where they can develop that a little bit uh, more. I don't want to say leisurely because there's nothing leisurely about the NHL, but but some more in a, a standard way rather than being thrust to the wolves at the NHL level, as they might have been a little bit when they played here last year. But both these guys, I think, um, are, you know, it's a lot better to play 20 minutes, play power play, play penalty kill in the American Hockey League for a little while than it is to, um, you know, to be sitting around not and watching a bunch of guys play at the NHL level, maybe getting five minutes on the fourth line. So, you know, if they're going to play here, they're going to get some they're going to get some good ice time. 
And I think I think we see some of those guys having a, a little bit of a revolving door, perhaps, with the American League, given the fact that they've signed a bunch of different people here. But um, beyond that, you know, Daniel Gushin, who's going to play in Vegas tonight, is, is a very skilled forward that needs some time before he's going to develop. But he's somebody that I think we're really excited about. And Ryan Merkley, the jury's out a little bit. He's got a tremendous amount of skill. His heart rate's about 30 when he's got pressure on him. Nothing seems to bother the kid. But but he's still working on his defensive game. And so, you know, I'm eager to see how, you know, he works with a coach like David Quinn or John McCarthy in the American Hockey League. So, you know, those are just a couple of names, but but I think they're they're guys to get excited about. And I haven't even mentioned Strauss Mann, the goaltender yet. He hasn't played in an NHL game. He's expected to be uh, one of the two goaltenders that plays most of the games in, in the AHL. And he's another guy coming out of Sheleftia in Sweden via the uh, University of Michigan that I think people are going to start taking notice of as he develops his pro career. I think it's always really impressive when you see a young guy stay very poised and calm on the ice, especially at that younger age as they work into, you know, the professional level. That's true. And you know what? It's it's really different than when I first started here back in 1991, how the young kids do integrate so quickly. And that's partly because of the professionalism with which most of them have been coached as they come up. Um, with the way that they've been trained and, and taught exactly how to conduct themselves. And um, so you start to see that there, you know, there, you have to keep reminding yourself that some of them are still 19, 20, 21 years old. And I think it's it's pretty constructive and instructive to continue to do that because you start to expect, you know, it's the old story. If you have a 16 year old kid, you'd love him to be as mature as a 25 year old, but you have to live through those the, the next nine years to get there. And and that's uh, that's part of what you have to remind yourself of with these very precocious young talents that we're seeing all over the NHL, including in the Sharks organization. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end in in the goal goalie area, James Reimer and Kapo Kakinen competing, you know, for that starting slot. Uh, what have you seen there? Uh, Kapo Kakinen is a very coachable, uh, very athletic goaltender that I think is is on the verge of, of trying to earn a spot as the real number one for an NHL club. Mm-hmm. He didn't quite get there in Minnesota. He was young. Um, again, he's in his mid-20s. James Reimer is one of the best teammates you could ever imagine, uh, regardless of whether you play goal or any other position. And so he's an ideal person to work with. And the Sharks, you know, have those other goalies coming up. I mentioned Mann and also A2 Makaniemi that they picked up in the Brent Burns deal. Those are a couple of prospects that will rely on that experience of James Reimer. But Reimer played 48 games last year. I don't think he's going to quite play that many this time. Um, I think the hope is that uh, that Capo earns that position and plays maybe a little bit more. And then you've got some depth with Aaron Dell available, and he's looked good in the preseason too. So um, the Sharks are in better position now in the goal than they have been in the last couple of years. Last year was a, a step toward that, and I think they've taken another step forward. And you certainly have to think that that takes some pressure off the defensive core too, to have that solid netminder behind them. Well, that's right. And, you know, of course, communication with with the defense is paramount. Mm-hmm. I think that if you look at the Sharks, if you're really realistic, you say they, they probably are going to have to rely on, um, you know, their top six having really good seasons. 
uh, because the depth beyond that is a little bit less experienced. So uh, if there's a sort of soft underbelly to the club, it's probably in the depth in that position, but that just means more more ice time for Eric Carlson and for Matt Nieto and player, I, I'm sorry, for uh, Mario Ferraro and players like that. So um, that that's that's just the way it goes. You know, every team has areas for improvement and that's where the Sharks want to be protective. And I think they will with the communication that the goaltenders have um, and the performances that they're going to have with those defensemen. And you mentioned the team heading on the road over the pond to Europe coming next week. They're heading to Berlin as a part of the NHL's global series game. What's the buzz been around that game? Well, everybody's really excited. Number one, because Tomas Hurdle is a big star in, in the Czech Republic, and that's his hometown. So he's going to get a lot of attention. We can't forget that we're going to Berlin for a preseason game because uh, Nico Sturm, of course, born and raised in Augsburg, Germany. So um, he'll be surrounded by the media in that game. And, Mar- you know, Radim Shimek also from the Czech Republic. And I think I think everybody's just excited to pay back a little bit to these families that have that have helped bring their their sons into the NHL. And to do that with with some games to build the the, the brand in in Europe and to continue to you know to develop the idea that a, that a kid there can dream of playing for his favorite NHL team and the NHL to them now unlike maybe 10 years ago is a lot more than just a, a bunch of guys in a video game it's an actual real thing that they follow very very closely so I I think all of those opportunities are really exciting and uh, we're looking forward to also a big test because the Nashville Predators are a team that uh, got into the playoffs last year. They were in that group that could have gone either way. They did find a way to get in, and they've got some good talent on their team. So I think it's a really nice measuring stick as to where the Sharks have to be for the season with those two games against the Predators in Prague. So there's a lot to learn about the club during this time, including how they deal with the the, the travel, which, of course, is uh, very important in the Western Conference. And how good is it for the game of hockey just in general to be able to expand to Europe and be able to have those fans seeing the NHL stars playing and bring the cultural experience as a whole for the league? Well, it's 100 percent very important. It's huge. It's something that you absolutely have to do. And I I think that it it further integrates, uh, you know, people in Europe with with the NHL brand, as I said earlier. So I think all in all. Um, it's it's going to be uh, and it is continuously a very big part of the NHL's marketing program. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything on your list that you want to do while you're over there? Um, I just want to get a good night's sleep when I'm there. But I, I have to tell you, I'm looking forward in Berlin um, to, uh, you know, checking out the Brandenburg Gate and maybe seeing an art museum or two and. Um, and, and also looking at what's remains of the Berlin Wall, which we're very, very thankful is, has been torn down except for a, a memorial section of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing the city of Prague. I keep hearing it's the most beautiful city in Europe. It was not uh, damaged by Allied bombing in World War II, so there's a tremendous amount of history there. And, um, you know, I've got uh, in my family, I've got people that uh, from my mom's side come from Slovakia. Uh, so the Czech Republic is, is probably as close as I'm going to get to that, uh, at least in the, in, the, in this year. And it, it's, I've never been to either one of these places, so I'm looking forward to experiencing that. Well, enjoy the trip, Dan, and great to have you for the first time here on DuckStream. Absolutely. Anytime you need me, I'll be here for you. We look forward to having a, a great rivalry between these two teams this year, as there always is. A lot of people talk about Vegas and L.A. and uh, in terms of the big rivals, but you shouldn't forget about the Anaheim-San Jose rivalry because it's really intense and that, that makes for great hockey. Absolutely.
And it's time for my final quack, where I leave you with my last thoughts before closing out this episode. We have some exciting news here in Anaheim, specifically Orange County. The Anaheim City Council voted on Tuesday night for the unanimous approval of the OC Vibe project. The $4 billion 100-acre development will truly change the experience here in Anaheim. The project will have new entertainment venues, restaurants, hotels, residential units, and plenty more, including two parks. It couldn't be a more exciting time here in Anaheim, and it's really amazing to see the generosity of the Samueli family, our owners here at the Ducks, sponsoring this project and bringing it to life. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp on this Friday. Come back next time for more hockey talk here on DuckStream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on DuckStream.